0: how about now yes good morning for real good morning again freedom family we're so glad that you're with us today thanks matt we have uh the privilege this morning of uh of having our families here with us because of our 15 percent capacity allowance as a church so we're really grateful to be celebrating with our families here a few of us here on campus and then um having you off campus I don't know what that is, but it sounds great. <laughs> and you know what? In fairness, Walt is working very hard and he's done nothing wrong. So, it's so funny. When and you don't notice the audio until something goes wrong, then everyone's like, mm. but no, not in this room, not in this room. So, what a, a, a privilege it is to be able to celebrate. Uh, this is our favorite Sunday of the year, by a long shot, our favorite Sunday of the year. Walt, if you want me to change microphones, I'm happy to do that as well. Okay, so we we love Easter Sunday because Christmas is fantastic, and uh, of course we celebrate the birth of Christ. But what we celebrate this weekend makes all the difference. And so let me just say it like this. Um, We love Easter, and we're really, really glad you're here. So let's pause this morning for a quick moment of confession, can we? When you play a game with a child like, you know, I don't know, think of whatever, Uno or Checkers or Clue or Mario Kart or whatever, do you let them win? Do you let them win? See, I would say that in life there are two kinds of people. There are those who let them win to help them, you know, build self-confidence and to avoid unnecessary sadness and all of that kind of thing. And then there are those who play to win so that you can teach those children about what real life is and because also winning is more fun than losing. That's the second category of people. And admittedly, I will fall into the second. I heard some already in the room. There's some others in the second category with me. Are you in the first or second category today? <laughs> those kids got to learn. Those kids got to learn to win, to, to, to know how to lose graciously, Right. And while there are more people who are, you know, more competitive than others just by nature, of course, the truth is that no one likes to lose. No one likes to lose. Do you want me to change mics yet? You're still feeling great about it? Okay, awesome. No one likes to move, lose. Uh, some do it more graciously than others. <laughs> some, some have no issue with that. But the truth is that nobody really likes to lose. And so I would say it like this a little bit. Easter Sunday is the ultimate version of this, except that of course the stakes are much much higher for winning, and uh, the, the this is this is not your regional track meet. This is not an argument that you're trying to win on Twitter. This is not a deadlocked game of Candyland with your four year old. The stakes are so much higher here, in uh, on Easter Sunday. This morning we remember that we are in the victors parade our team had all but lost we were defeated our chances were nil and then someone came along and won it all for us and then he shared his victory with us this is like us going along in the victor's parade and being like i'm with him i'm with him i'm with him and I'd like to take the, I'd like to credit or blame or however you want to think about it. This, this whole thinking about like this victor's parade, this champion mentality on my evangelical upbringing. If you weren't raised in an evangelical church, you might not know about this. Or if you're not as old as me, you might not know about this either. But specifically, I want to blame it on Carmen's life-changing spoken word song from 1987, the champion and if you don't know, I tried to get Rob to do a reenactment of this this morning. It was more difficult than than, than was possible. But right now, in the live stream comments, um, our live stream hosts are going to drop the link to the YouTube video of Carmen performing this song live for you. And you're welcome, Happy Easter to you. Okay, that's just going to be for later on. Just for later on, you're welcome. This idea that Jesus is the champion. If you don't come out of that song, I don't care how old you are. If you don't come out of that song, being like, yes. Then you have, you're dead inside, and then you just call me and we'll set up an appointment, we'll chat. Uh, this morning, though, we remember that Jesus, in fact, is our champion, and he willingly shares his victory over death and the grave with us. And I will tell you this morning that I really love being on his team. I really love being on his team. So we've been asking this question who is Jesus? And, and, and answering it this way He is surprising, He is willing, He is misunderstood. He is the ultimate fulfillment, and now this morning, today, he is conquering. We've heard the final verses from the prophet Isaiah's fourth servant song. Remember, we've been talking about that. Isaiah, which is found in Isaiah 52, 13 through Isaiah 53. And it's a prophecy that was written 700 years before Jesus was born. And this morning, it's going to tell us the end of the story. We know that he was despised and rejected, a man of suffering, familiar with pain, that he was pierced, that he was crushed. We know why he did it, because of our transgressions, our iniquities, um, for our healing and our peace. That the, This servant song tells us all of that. And now we know, because of the end of this servant song, what came of it. So let's take a look. In verse 10, it says this, And yet it was the Lord's will to crush him and cause him to suffer. And though the Lord makes his, offering, his life an offering for sin, he will see his offspring and prolong his days, and the will of the Lord will prosper in his hand. The prophet Isaiah doesn't say the word resurrection here, but he absolutely, if you're reading the language, he absolutely is picturing the servant, who we know is Jesus, alive and well. Alive and well after all of the suffering that he's endured. And I really want you to notice something. First of all, you guys were talking about getting me a smart board. This actually might work. I want you to notice this word here, offering. How did did it work? Yeah! Okay, it's not tidy, but it worked great. Okay. I want you to notice this word, offering, here. So that... um, that he was an uh, offering for sin. In other words, compensation, or uh, really in, in the original language, it means uh, satisfaction. There was a satisfaction for sin. So something that needed to be made up for. And, and the language really does point to the fact that he didn't just do, do something to compensate for sin. He did exactly and everything that needed to be done. That's what this word offering, it's a, just one word in the English, but it has a lot of meaning in the Hebrew. And then the other thing I want you to notice here is this word. This is really exciting to me. Is this word? Yeah, sorry. I mean, the, I love this telestrator is exciting to me, but also the scripture is even more exciting to me than the fact that I could do this. Um, see his offspring. Well, look at that word. And prolong his days, it says. Remember we had talked from verse 6 about that we like sheep had gone astray. That's what Isaiah says. But here, this word offspring means something very important to us that even though we wandered away, that we rejected him, that we turned our faces from his suffering, we are now welcomed to return to him. Not just as lowly sheep who are like tail between our legs, but as sons and daughters. That's what the word offspring means, as sons and daughters. You heard that right. His response to us turning away from him was to invite us to join him his family. Can you imagine that? Hebrews 2:10 to 11 says it like this, in bringing men many sons and daughters to glory, it was fitting that God, for whom and through whom everything exists, should make the pioneer of their salvation perfect through what he suffered. We're talking about Jesus here. Both the one who makes people holy, Jesus, and those who are made holy, us, are of the same read this word with me family so jesus is not ashamed to call them brothers and sisters come on church this is an exciting exciting thing and there's also just a little cool historical moment if you like this kind of thing that's happening in this particular this particular passage of scripture. It says that Jesus was blessed with two things, uh, two of the most desired things in the in the ancient Eastern culture. Okay, there were two things that were super super important, and actually still are um, super important in that culture: long life. That was a huge blessing. And also the ability to see your descendants. So the ability to say, I want to see my grandchildren or to see my my grandchildren's children, um, that was considered an immense blessing on your life. And here, this is just thrown in here, like to show how blessed Jesus is because of all of the things that he has chosen to suffer on our behalf. It says that uh, he will live forever and he gets to see us, his family, written right into scripture. Amazing. Verse 11 says, after he has suffered, he will see the light of life and be satisfied. And by his knowledge, my righteous servant will justify many, and he will bear their iniquities. Revelation uh, 3.18 tells us that um, it was, was in fact, as it says here also, the Lord's will to have Jesus suffer and die. But we knew that that was true. Revelation 13.8 says that we knew that that was true. Going to be true from the beginning of creation. It's written right in there. And because of that, now Jesus lives to apply all of the benefits that he has won on the cross, all of the benefits of his suffering, to who? To the many. Um, I just need that slide back, please, Vaughn, if I could. Um, To the many. He is bringing many sons and daughters. To glory. Many. When Isaiah uses this word many, it's it's his way of saying that those who will be saved by putting their faith in Jesus, that's literally 700 years before Christ, what Isaiah is saying. This is who the many are. It's me and it's you. Jesus himself in John 6 calls them, all the Father gives me. All the Father gives me. That's who the many are that's written about all of these years before Jesus came. First John 2 and 2 says, He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins. And not only for ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. Friends, that is many. The many. Verse 12, Therefore I will give him a portion among the great, and he will divide the spoils with the strong, because he poured out his life unto death and was numbered with the transgressors. For he bore the sins of many and made intercession for the transgressors. Jesus now lives. This is what we celebrate today. And he doesn't just live for his own sake, just to prove who he is or to prove how strong he is or to prove that he truly was God. He lives according to the scripture um, so that he can now distribute the blessings that he won on the ones that belong to him, his brothers and sisters, his new family, to the people who trust in him by faith and believe in what he did. That's what he's doing now. All of that victory that he won, all of those things that we could never have done for ourselves, but he just chooses to share with us. He lives now to bring those blessings into our lives. If you have ever wondered if you were loved, if you've ever wondered or felt like no one cared about you, maybe you felt like nobody loves you or your life has no purpose, I want you to listen to these words from the prophet Isaiah speaking about the life of Jesus. Listen, I know that um, it's a bit of a deep dive when we go into the Old Testament prophets and unpack what they're saying. I know that that prophetic, very poetic language can be tricky, but I really do want you to listen. It's really important. The benefits of Jesus' victory are being given to you. He did it so that he could share it with all of you, with me. His generosity is so amazing. I didn't do anything to deserve to share in his victory. But here in that generosity, you see the proof of the love of God for his creation on full display. So what are these benefits that Jesus can share with us? What are these things that are so incredible that he lives now to be able to share his victory with us, these are the things that are applied to your life now and also have changed your position for eternity. We call this the, the uh, already and not yet of the kingdom of God. There are some things that we uh, experience right now, and there are some things we're looking forward to, and some of it, it's both and. It's like the fulfillment of that. And so here are the benefits that are applied to your life now and that have changed uh, your position in eternity guilt and shame are lifted, forgiveness is given. You don't have to try and be a good enough person to measure up. Thank you, Lord. You have hope and life that is actually fulfilling the deepest parts of your need in your soul, not just what you're trying to fill it with. You're adopted into the family of God. You're made a co-heir with Christ. You have peace that doesn't make sense but grounds you every single day. Because you serve the Prince of Peace. You have your life transformed every day. The old has gone. The new has come. This is the promise, the benefit of Christ's victory for us. You have the help of God and the person of the Holy Spirit at every moment of your life. You are never without the presence of God. You have the ability to pray and to hear from the God of the universe right now. You can just speak to him whenever you want and he hears you and he responds. The one who created you, the one who loves you, the one who knows all about you. You can communicate with him at any time. No one has to be a mediator for you because Jesus became the mediator for all of us. Amazing. It's amazing. So who is Jesus? He is the one who conquered and gave his victory to us. This is who Jesus is. This is the Jesus that we celebrate this Easter Sunday morning. So what now? What do we do with this knowledge? What do we do with this, with this understanding that Jesus is all of these things? He chose to suffer and, and all of these things for us. What do we do? First of all, be welcomed into his family. Listen, you might believe in who Jesus is. You might say, yeah, I get the cross and I'm really glad for forgiveness of sins. I need you to hear me this morning. If you believe in Christ, you put your, your faith and trust in him, you are a part of his family. You're literally adopted into the family of God. It pleased God to be able to do this through Christ, scripture tells us. It it pleased him, isn't that amazing? And so if you've never understood that before, I want you to be welcomed into the family, but maybe you've never put your, your faith in Christ before. You've never said, you know what? I do believe in this and I do want my life transformed and I do want all of those benefits that Jesus won for me and I think I get it now. I want to I make a decision to follow Christ. Then be welcomed into the family. It's, it's just you. All you have to do is just pray and say, God, I believe in what Jesus did for me. I accept his forgiveness, and I want to live for him. And let your heart be clean and start the transformation in your life. Be welcomed into the family. We would just love to have another brother and sister in Christ. That's what the, the language we use. Actually, the old school language would be to call people that, which I think we should bring back because it's amazing. You come to church in the morning and be like, Brother Park, Welcome, good morning, good morning. Everyone was just like that. Wouldn't that be so great? Sister Broderick, nice to have you this morning. Like, that would be so great, right, so great. Uh, So I'm just saying, we should maybe try that. Be welcomed into the family. And the second thing that we can do to respond to this victory that Jesus has won for us is just just to simply celebrate. 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 Jesus is alive. Don't let that fact, um, the fact that we talk about it all the time, don't let it become something that's so familiar that you forget how incredible it is that Jesus did not stay dead, but he is alive, that he won it all, and that he gave his victory to you. Hold on to him. Tell the world about him. Celebrate that he's alive. He is the hope of the world. And we know him personally, so let's celebrate that together. And so I want to invite you into a next step I don't know where you are. Whether you have questions, you want to find out more about who Jesus is. Maybe you really want to just establish your own faith and understanding. You don't. You feel like you believe in Jesus, but there's still a lot of questions you've never really wrestled down before. Your next step is Alpha. Pastor Aaron already talked about it this morning. Hey, just join Alpha. I did. Uh, Pastor Aaron did the Alpha training course. Or Alpha with some leaders to train them to lead tables. That's what happened, right? Um, and I watched. I watched all of those trainings. Um, on Zoom afterwards, so I don't know if you guys all knew that I was watching that after, but I was. And uh, it's amazing. I have been a believer my whole life, and I appreciated every bit of that content for myself and my own faith. Um, but, if you, but maybe that's not you. Maybe you're just like, I have no idea about Jesus, or I have so many questions, or there's way too many unknowns for me. Alpha, we want you to take that next step with us and join Alpha. So friends, this morning, as we Um, Think about this beautiful passage in Isaiah, and we wrap up all that Isaiah told us about Jesus in what we call the servant, the fourth of his servant songs. Be welcomed into his family. Be welcomed, and let's celebrate because Jesus is alive.